Thank you so much. I appreciate you doing that. That's a, I appreciate you leading in worship. And thank you, Charlie McCoy, back here on the harmonica. Hey, I'm a big, I'm a big harmonica fan, buddy. It's good to see you tonight. Thank you all so much for being here. And I've said this the last few weeks. Thank you for your faithfulness and, and to come. And uh, a lot of things going on, I'm sure, in your lifetime. And uh, uh, the weather's changing, the seasons are changing, and you could be doing a lot of other things tonight. And I appreciate you being here. Let me ask you before I start, how many of you have been here? This is our last of eight uh, in this uh, series that we're doing tonight on the Bible and the study of the Bible. How many of you have been here for all eight of them? Good. Thank you all so much for being here. If you have not been here and would like to catch up, uh, the booklets are still in the back back there. You can get one on the way out if you didn't get one coming in. But also, you can go to the podcast there on your church uh, website and pull that up. And if you would, I hope you'll use that. And uh, if you're a teacher, use anything we've used if it's beneficial to you uh, to teach. Here's what I want to do. My aim and my goal is this. I want to understand how to study God's Word and, uh, and to uh, apply it in our lives. Um, the singing, a little bit teaches me a little bit something about uh, the Holy Spirit. I'm a big advocate of believing that I can do absolutely nothing apart from Christ. And uh, it's not about preparing lessons, putting them together. Um, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty particular about how, to, how I do that. But I'm going to tell you something. It is really fragile, fickle, feeble of me to think I can stand up and uh, teach a lesson without the help of the Holy Spirit. And that is what I pray tonight, that God would teach to us, teach through us, and that you'd have hearts and minds to be receptive to what God wants to teach and apply in our lives. Now, before I get started, each week, if you've been with me the eight weeks, I have brought something that is um, comparable to, uh, to my life with your pastor, my dear friend Joel. And so tonight, I'm going to finish. Are you, you good? Okay, when you get ready, I want you to pull some stuff up here. I've brought you several things. I brought you Bibles, books. I brought you, but these are some things of, uh, I want you to see your real pastor. That is me and him when we were teenagers, and uh, we were dangerous, I got to tell you right there, and uh, that middle bottom portion picture is probably the best one, but I remember the night that we took my motorcycle inside to my house, and my brother took these pictures, and, and Joel, uh, <laughs> Joel looks real, he looks like a chips uh, guy, doesn't he? And uh, so what I, was, what I got a kick out of was my mama when she got home and somehow uh, they were, back then we took the pictures with the camera and you had to go develop them. Well, my mama went to the store to pick up these pictures. She says, what in the world were you and Joel thinking? You put out a motorcycle in the house. Well, it wasn't a very nice house. It was an old farmhouse. It, was, it wasn't, wasn't like it was going to hurt it. But uh, aren't we good looking fellers? We have not changed a bit, have we? <laughs> All right, but that's, I, that is some things that uh, uh, I've known him a long time and admire him and I really do appreciate the ministry you have here at the church. I want to say that to you. I really do appreciate what you're doing and how God's using you. And uh, I'm trying to go to sleep last night and, and my wife's playing uh, some video off of uh, the Face page or the Twiddly D or the uh, MySpace or something. And anyway, and I hear Joel's voice on there talking about y'all's upcoming events this Sunday and, and I watched the video. You did a great job. And uh, so appreciate you. Love you. But I don't never tell you that. I love you. But tonight I want to take just a few moments. I have I've did this series, and as I was putting it together, Joel asked me about it, and I said, well, I've got about 12 messages or lessons that I do on that. But I said, I want to condense it down to eight, and I want to finish tonight by simply saying this. Here's the response. 
Here's the response to studying the Bible. We have looked at several different things, and you bear with me for a moment. I do like to review and make sure you've understood. But we've, we've talked about the reality of the Bible. What is the Bible? We've talked about the receiving of the Bible, how we got the Bible. And then we've talked about the relevance of the Bible. We've talked about the uh, recipe of the Bible. We've done a couple of lessons on that, on the recipe of the Bible. Last week, we talked about the results of studying the Bible. Well, tonight here, I want to tell you this. Here's my challenge to you. It's what you're going to do with it. If you've been here all eight weeks, or if you plan on doing it, or if you're listening to this in the podcast later, and you've listened to the other seven, here's what I want to ask you. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to study God's Bible? Are you going to study God's Word? If you have a Bible right now, I want you to take it in your hand. If you have a tangible Bible, and I want you to turn to the front cover of the book. Close the Bible and look at the front of the Bible or the back of it. Most of the Bibles now that you have will say something. They'll say, Holy Bible. Now, not all of them do that, but it's a holy Bible. What does that mean? It's to be reverent, reverence to this Bible. It's a book like no other book. I'm not going to rehash all the other lessons, but here tonight I want to tell you this book is like no other book. It's going to do some things, and here's mine and yours response to what we're going to do with God's Word. I have two life verses, and I want you to turn with me to the book of Joshua, the first chapter and the eighth verse. And I, for many times, I used to, uh, I always used this as my life verse until I later changed it to Proverbs 17, 22, which is a merry heart or laughter doeth good like a medicine. It tied in with kind of my ministry. But Joshua 1, 8 has always been for a long time my life verse. If you don't have a life verse, I'm going to challenge you to get a life verse. A life verse is simply a verse that you're going to live by. Some people does it every first of the year picks a verse for that year and you live by it you memorize it and you live by it but Joshua 1 8 was my life verse in fact I've written in this Bible that I've had for about 33 years that was given to me by my wife's uncle Uh, it says in Joshua 1 8 I wrote down this my favorite my verse my first favorite verse my verse is what I wrote down but here's what it says it says this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Many of us want to do this. We want to be successful whatever we do. There's different levels of type of success. We want to have financial success. We want to have faith success from the standpoint of, I want to grow in my faith. And so one of the things that Joshua was teaching there, he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to meditate upon it day and night, and I'm going to observe. There's some, some guidelines that was given there in this text of our uh, lesson here tonight. In this message alone, I want you to understand when Joshua was talking, he said, I'm going to meditate upon it. But then he took it a step further. He said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to observe it. We know when we read from James just a few weeks ago, he said, you're going to do it. I want to ask you something tonight. I'm going to challenge you several times throughout this message, this lesson tonight. Are you going to do it? The response to the studying of the Bible is simply this. You and I, we like to study to kind of impress ourselves. You're not impressing God, but we try to impress other people by what we know, how smart we are. Uh, It's like we're all preparing for that great debate. I remember my debate class in high school. I didn't have a debate class in high school. Did we have a debate class? I didn't either. I just wanted to argue with people. But I would have people that would come up to me sometimes and want to debate certain things about the Scripture. Now, I don't know where you're from, if you're from uh, a dis- this type of a background in the Bible Belt. We all like to discuss, well, you a Baptist, you a Methodist, Church of Christ, Church of God, Pentecostal, full gospel, or you're a Catholic. And we want to debate everything. But I love what Joshua said there, and I'm going to meditate on this day and night. 
And I'm going to do what it says. I'm going to observe what it's saying in there. So when I, I look, I want you to turn with me over to the book of Matthew for just a moment. Matthew, the 23rd chapter, and verses number 5, and, 5 through 7. When we think about the response to studying of the Bible, Matthew 5, 23, or Matthew 23, starting in verse number 5, says this, But all their works they do to be seen of men. For they, for they make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments, and they love the uppermost rooms at the feast and the chief seats in the synagogues and the greetings in the markets to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. Well, here's what that is saying, simply this, that, that, that place it was talking about in the uppermost room, that was the place of honor. And so when you think about this little passage of Scripture in the book of Matthew here, when you think about the response to studying of the Bible, is it sounds like there was sometimes in the past some folks that like to study to kind of show out. You know what I'm talking about? You ever seen that? I've seen some pretty, <clears throat> pretty dapper men get up to preach, and they were so full of themselves, <clears throat> not of the Holy Ghost, and I could tell. And, and, it, and it just went in one ear and out the other. But I want to tell you, when he talks about this on your introduction, I want you to fill this out right here. When we think about the response to studying the Bible, what's the motive for why we're studying the Bible? Here's what I would say. God doesn't need more Bible scholars. Now, let me clarify something to you tonight. Listen to me just a moment. Make sure you understand where I'm coming from on this. When I say God does not need more Bible scholars, I love Bible scholars. I thank God for guys that know the Bible, Joel, and guys that teach me the Bible. I thank God for Bible scholars. But I'm going to tell you something. There's some folks that are out there set out to be a scholar just to show out. So here's what I would tell you is this. When you think about the response to God's word is, God doesn't need more Bible scholars. But here's what God does need. He does want us to be Bible students. To be a student. The Bible says to study. Well, that word in your, on your little booklet that you've got right now, it's a key is we're talking about the study. What's where we get that word student from? To be a good student of the Bible. Just like Joshua said, I'm going to meditate upon it day and night, but I'm going to observe it. I'm going to do it. But when you think about being a good Bible student, here's what I would tell you. I gave you six things a few weeks ago, or a couple of weeks ago, a couple of lessons ago, but I'm going to simplify it tonight. I gave you some A's and some P's, okay? Do it this way. Let me really simplify it for you. I overcomplicate some things. But here's what I would tell you. You want to be a good Bible student, always remember who the author is when you're studying the Bible. And then also remember who the audience is. And then what is the application? Now, I gave you age and all those other things, but if you'll do those main three, that gives you the who, when, what, and where. When you begin to look at the author and the audience that he's talking to, the book of Matthew, you know who the book of Matthew was written to? Jews. So when you think about different things, when you're reading the Bible, and I hope I said that right, is that right, Joel? When we think about certain things in the reading in the Bible, I always, that's what I have to do. I think, well, because I've been, right now, I'm going through the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, real exciting stuff, isn't it? You ever, and so if I'm reading through the book of Deuteronomy, and I'm, um, as the other day, and I'm thinking, man, does this still apply? And because uh, it was talking about, you know, if you, you, the man's wife dies, the brother has to marry her. And I'm like, I don't want to. And so you think of those things. So who's the author? Who's the audience? And what's the application? 
So when you do that, here's what I would tell you. When I said God doesn't want us, does want us to be Bible students, here's what I want you to write out to the side there. Just a little additional thing. It's not just the reading of his word. It's not just the reading of his word. Here's what it is. It's about our relationship with God. It's not just about the reading of his word, which we should do, reading and studying to be that student. But it's not just about the reading of his word, but it's about the relationship with God. Now, I want to move on. Here's what we're going to do tonight. I've got you four little things I want you to do on on talking about the response to studying the Bible. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? I've read some great ways that we can look at how to, to, to look at the Bible. Well, here's the first point I want you to look at. When we're, the response to studying the Bible is look and pursue the, the Bible. In other words, that word we've talked about several times, search it. Look it. Look at it and pursue it. You want to be a good Bible student? You really want to learn? You just want to, you don't, I get so uh, frustrated with mediocrity. I don't like being mediocre. We had a baseball team one time. We called them the impact. I like thinking we can make an impact. Every one of you in this room can make an impact. You have a platform. You have a ministry field. You can make an impact. And here's the thing. You've got to look and pursue the Bible. In other words, when we say we're going to search it. I love what John in the fifth chapter of the book of John says this in the 39th chapter, uh, verse. He says, search the scriptures for in them... You think you have eternal life, and that they are which, and they are they which testify of me. Now I do not know how to pronounce this Greek word, but I loved it when I, I pulled this up. The word "search," and um, and when you look at the Greek word for "search" there in this King James version of the Bible, it says it's a, it's a Greek word "erineo." I believe I, I don't know how to say it. But here's what it means: it means to search as a hound tracks by scent, literally. You search the scriptures, you think in them, life eternal to have. You want to do something? You want to be a good student? Look and pursue the Bible like an old bloodhound. Picks up the scent. We used to have two little blue tick uh, uh, beagles, and they could not walk without their nose on the ground. And here's what we need to be. If you want to be a good Bible student, and you really are serious about getting close to God and growing in your faith and my faith, then we need to look and to pursue it. In other words, to search it. Acts the 17th chapter there, in Acts the 17th chapter and verse number 11, it says, these were more noble of them. When we begin to search, it says, it says uh, than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Um, pastor may not want me to do this, but here's what I would tell you. You want to you double-check what he's saying. It's a good way to do it. I'm not saying go up there and cause a, a, a ride or anything like that, but when you're sitting and listening to preachers, because I'm going to tell you something, there's a lot of preachers and teachers today preaching heresy. There are a lot of people that are preaching and teaching certain things, uh, I, and I don't make no bones about it. I have told classes and churches I've been in, I am not a prosperity gospel teacher. And the reason is that because it's unscriptural. And so when you begin to do that, search it. Search the scriptures. That's what they did. It said these noble men, they did that. They began to search the scriptures. So here's what I would challenge you to do. And your pastor does a great job of it. 
And he preaches you the word of God. And we are so blessed in this area to have some great churches. So when you do that, begin to search. Look and pursue the Bible. Search it. Secondly, the response to studying the Bible is this. Learn from the principles of the Bible. That's where we begin to study it. I love what Joshua said there when he said to meditate. There in our text tonight, Joshua 1.8, he said to meditate upon it. Put your mind, set your mind on it. That learn from the principles of it. Study the Bible. There is a big difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible. Remember that. We begin to study the Bible. That means we begin to get really in deep. And, and what does it mean? I see who that author is. I find out who the audience is. And I find out what the application is. In other words, I'm learning from the principles of the Bible to study it. We know the verse of Scripture we have talked about several times through this lesson, this, these messages and this study in uh, 2 Timothy, the second chapter, and the 15th verse. It says, again, when we're learning from the principles or how to study, it says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's when you and I begin to really learn from the principles of the Bible and study it. When you begin to do that, the motive I love, first of all, when Timothy was talking, or when in 2 Timothy, he says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Not to show out, not to impress people how smart you are, that you can speak Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, and you know Latin, and you know all the languages, and you know every divination of, of, of what's in and out of the Bible. I'm telling you right now, when you and I begin to learn from the principles and study God's Word, and our motive is to be approved of God, to God that He's pleased with us, that we study. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. That's my goal. I, I tell you, the, the motive that I have is I have, um, I've had to change several things in, in the past where I, would, I, I didn't understand. I was ignorant, I guess. Um, any of you Mayberry fans? Two, three, good night. You folks need to get saved. You want, I was going to give you a Mayberry reference. Forget it now. I'm not talking about ignorant. Me and Joel will be the only ones to get it. No, but anyway, you, you don't want to be ignorant, but I, I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth of what's going on when, um, when, I, when I, see, I search truth. Second Timothy there in the third chapter, turn over a page or so there in the third chapter, in verses 14 through 17, again, learning from the principles, he says this. He says, but, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child has known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for, mis for, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now your version may read, be complete. We're not perfect, we're complete. And here's what I would tell you. When we begin to do that, here's what you have to remember. In your hand down on your booklet right now, I want you to notice a couple things I want you to fill out. When we think about learning from the principles of the Bible, studying it. There in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verses 14 through 17, here's what we need to remember. It's not just for information. It's not just for information. Here's what I am guilty of. Now, I, uh, I have to study a whole lot. Because I'm, I, I, I just have to, because I, to, to make sure I want truth. But I am really guilty of doing this. I give information overload. I give too much stuff. 
And I and I and my wife says you way over prepared, and you, you and she's really hard on me about this. But you you dump it on it. Judy would know what I'm talking about. I just dump a bunch of information on you. You've never done that, right? Nope. But I, it's what I do. I, I take stuff in. I'm like, I got to give them everything I got. If I could give you half what I believe God gave me just tonight, I hope it hits home to you. But I have never once left a church a service, a Sunday school, church service, or whatever, and walked out and thought, man, I, I got everything in that God wanted me to do. Never have. But sometimes it's not just for information. But here's what I tell you. It's also for transformation. It's for transformation. We're going to look at this verse at the, at the, when I get ready to close here in just a few minutes ago. But he said, be ye transformed. Romans 12, 2. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Metamorphi. To be transformed. When you and I, to be changed. Week in and week out when folks come in this room, Sunday, Wednesday, whenever it is that you meet. There's people's lives needing to be changed. I thank God for the testimonies that Joel shared with me about people getting saved, those young people, those middle-aged people, but then those older people. Man, what a blessing. What a blessing. They were changed. You know, repentance is part of our salvation. When repentance is I'm going one direction, I turn and go the other direction. That's a change. That's transformation. And that is part of what the, God's Word is in learning those principles of the Bible. Third thing I would tell you real hurriedly is this. When we look at the response to studying of the Bible, thirdly, it's love the person of it. Set affections on God. When you and I think about this, love the person of it. It's all about Him. We say that all the time. Don't ever get caught up in just saying it, but really believe that this is all about Him. That scarlet thread that goes from Genesis to the book of Revelation it's all about him. It all points to redemption. It all points to relationships. And all those things that you and I need to understand, God, this Bible, it's love the person of it. He is a loving God. He is a loving God. He loves us. If I was to have five, maybe less than five minutes, and they say you get that much time or less than a minute to share a message, it would be simply this. God loves you no matter who you are, and he'll forgive you no matter what you've done through his son Jesus. But it's the love, the person of it. Set affections on God. Psalm, the first chapter, when we think about this, when we set our affections on it, Psalm, the very first chapter there, in verse number 2, when he said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. When you think about this, it delights him. That's, that's the affection, the setting his affections on God. The psalmist said there when he said, but he, he, his delight, his delight, that's his affections. That's the emotions of the affections. His delight is in the law, the, the law of the Lord, this word. I want to ask you something. Do you delight in God's word? Do you love it? If I was to just sum it up this way, is you got to love it. And then you're going to learn it. And then you're going to live it. That's the way it works. I can tell you this right now. When you leave here in just a little bit, if you don't love God's Word, you're not going to be in God's Word. It's going to be cumbersome to you. It's going to be a burden to you. You're going to feel like, man, that preacher is just all the time talking about reading God's Word. 
I ain't got the time for it. Remember a few lessons back? We don't take time. We make time to read God's Word. But it should be part of our loving the person of it and setting our affections on it. I love what he says over there in Psalm 119 that we've used so much through this study. In verse 127 when he says, Therefore I love thy commandments above gold. And I love the emphasis here. He says, Yea, above fine gold. Do you love it more than other things in your life? It doesn't have to be gold. It could be other things that we're doing in our life that that really takes the place of the time that we should be in God's Word. We use it so much just like we do prayer. You let one of your loved ones get sick. You let something happen in your life. But something happened, you get the the news of a bad report from a doctor. Well, you're, you're going to set your affections on God then. You'll be calling the pastor. You'll be calling those others. You'll probably even search for answers in God's word. So when we look at that, he says, but his delight. But then he says, I love the commandments more than gold, more than fine gold. Here's why that's so important. I'll give you a little, three little things there, bullet points I want you to fill in for me right here is this. When you think about love the person of it or set your affections on God, well, here's why. God delivers us from disappointments. Now, I'm going to make a stupid, or ask a stupid question here, but how many of you have ever had disappointments in your life? Some of you haven't. Some of you have twice. But part of our life is this, that, that God delivers us from disappointments. People's going to let us down. Situations are going to let us down. Our health may let us down. Finances, all those things are disappointments. Well, God delivers us from disappointments. And what, when we love the person of it and set our affection on God, here's another thing. God helps us with heartaches. Our heart is broken. I've listened to your prayer requests for these eight weeks. My heart breaks for some of those stories and, and people you're telling me about. And just like in our everyday walk and during our lifetime, our life is going to be full of disappointments, but it's also going to be full of these heartaches. Well, God helps us with those heartaches. Um, my heart has been broken uh, before. I mean, I, I, shared, I shared with you a few weeks ago, I, lost, uh, I didn't lose him, he's in heaven now, but a dear, dear friend of mine. I, uh, I drove by Westtown just uh, today. I, was, I had an appointment down west, and I was driving by Westtown, and I was thinking back just a few weeks ago where we ate lunch at the mall, and he eats at Chick-fil-A. And I was thinking, I'm never going to get to do that again. My heart kind of broke. I, I think about just in the last few years, our dear friend, mine, and, and Joel's dear friend, uh, a, a pastor that passed away. My heart just broke. And, and I think about that. I think about the time I was in boot camp in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and my wife dumped me for another boy. My heart broke. (laughs) I tell that story. She hates that story. But if you've never had a heartache, hang on. But I will tell you this. God helps us. God helps us with heartaches. Here's the other thing about setting our affections on God and loving the person of it. God satisfies when we are suffering. He satisfies when we are suffering. You say right now, I don't know your life. And maybe you're listening to this as a podcast later, and you're saying, man, you don't understand what I'm going through right now. Uh, I do this in reverence, and I'm not being being disrespectful, but some people are living hell on earth in their situations and their sufferings they're going through. 
marital problems, financial problems, health problems, so many things that people go through. Why do I want to love the person of this Bible and set my affections on God? Is because he gets me through all of those disappointments, heartaches, and those sufferings. All of those things. The fourth thing real quickly is this. The response to studying the Bible is live and practice its guidelines. In other words, here's what I put out there, and I was trying to come up with S words, but use the standards of it. Here's where we're at in our society nowadays. The Bible is not the standard. Man-made things have become the standard that we use. I, I, will, I will say this, and I'm not apologetic for it, but I'm going to tell you something. We need preachers and teachers to be bold about the teachings and what God's Word says. This stuff going on with the, the, the um, uh, liberal agenda, I am not about that at all. I don't make any apologies for that. I've told churches that I go into, and if I say something that's offensive to them, I just tell them, I said, don't have me back. I've not been back to a lot of places. But I want to tell you, use the standards of God's Word. I love your pastor because I know he's in God's Word, and I know the foundation that he has laid, and it's speaking the truth. Now, the truth hurts us sometimes. We have to do, be bold, but being bold doesn't mean being arrogant egotistical but here's why I say live and practice its guidelines back again when we said there in Joshua 1 8 he said that he's meditating but he also said observe the things that are written in that's why if you're going to live it and you're going to practice the guidelines that he's given us guys you realize he's given us certain things about the marriage institution it's been it's 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 in shambles now it's in shambles I can't watch, I don't watch the news. I don't watch uh, any kind of award show. I barely watch some sports. I don't. Your face page, your Conway Twitties, and your, uh, the, the, the Twiddly D, whatever it is, and all of those, it's hard for me to get on because I see this agenda, this, this woke and all that stuff. Don't, don't come up to me afterward. And, uh, uh, but, but here's what I'm telling you. is There's different standards. The Bible says live and practice it's guidelines, what God has laid out for us. I'm not going to cow down, and, and uh, I just won't, because I believe it's God's standards. Here's what I would tell you. Make it our standard of life. Write this out from your, if you've got a space there in your notes. Make it a standard of our life. God's Word, the Bible. Here's the whole basis if you and I begins to... to um, have a debate or discussion with someone. There's a difference between a debate and, and a discussion. You can have a civil debate. Most people just want to argue. But here's what I would tell you when you begin to, to do that. First of all, ask them, what standard are we going to use? Because somebody comes up to me and they, they want to argue about something, and, and, and you're not going to win the argument. Let me just tell you, you're not going to win an argument. But it goes back to what standard are you using? What are you basing this upon? God's word is pretty plain on, most sub, on, on all the subjects that we, we talk about. But here's what I would tell you. And again, there in Psalm, the 119th chapter, we've used it several times. The longest chapter in the book, if you remember, if you've been here to the study, longest chapter in the, the book, in the Bible, 176 verses. And every one of those relates to something about the word of God. 
In Psalm 119 and verse number 1 and 2, notice what it says. He says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with a whole heart. In those two verses, there's... Three statements that are made. When I talk about live and practice its guidelines, in other words, using the standards, here's what he said. There's three words, walk, keep, and seek. Walk in it. He said there, he says very plainly, he says to walk in the law of the Lord. In your daily walk, do we walk in that? Do we secondly, in that second verse, it says that keep his testimonies. We walk in them, we keep them. And then thirdly, do we seek them? We never look for them. So when I tell you this, that those three things there in Psalm 119 verses 1 and 2 is very plain. That's what we're to do. Walk, keep, and seek. He says there in verse 11 of, of Psalm 119, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Again, very plain language. The reason that I hide God's word in my heart that I may not sin against him. If you tell me, I got trouble with sinning. I just have all kinds of trouble with sin in my life. Well, I'm going to tell you, here's the advice. Hide God's word in your heart. If you're reading and you're studying God's word and and you're walking and you're keeping and you're seeking, then verse 11 where it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Whatever the sin is, if it's an addiction, whatever it is you're doing, the sin of omission, of your, of your, where you're not doing things you should be doing, or if it's a sin of commission, the things you should be doing, and you're doing them wrong. That's why we live and we practice its guideline. We use its standards. Psalm 119 there in verse 105 says this, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We talked a little bit about that verse last week. Very simply, he's a light and he's a lamp. It shows you and I the way. It's that simple. This is not complicated. The Bible, once you begin to study God's Word, you say, but it's really difficult to understand. It can be. But I'm going to tell you, that's the key of of God, the Holy Spirit, speaking to you as you study His Word. It's a light. It's a lamp to you. It will show us. It gives us that direction. James 1, verses 22 through 25 that we, we talked about a few weeks ago. Again, sums this up about living and practicing its guidelines using these standards. James 1 verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straight, straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, He, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Summing it up this way, are you going to do it? The response to studying the Bible. We need to look and pursue the Bible, search it. We need to learn from the principles of the Bible, study it. We also need to love the person of it, set affections on God. And then we need to live and practice its guideline. Use the standards of it. Now, as I bring it to a close, here's what I would tell you as we see this. So how should we respond? How are you and I supposed to respond to studying God's Word? 
<clears throat> I hope you would agree with me over the last seven lessons, we've looked at several different things. We, we, we figured out how we got it. We can debate certain things about manuscripts, the canon, how we ended up with these 66 books. We've talked about that. We can think about, is it relevant to today's times? We can talk about the reliability of it. We've talked about that. It's reliable. We've talked about the recipe for studying some good basic stuff. But here, so how would, should we respond? I will tell you this. It's real simple. So how should we respond? Get started. Get started. In other words, and here's what I want to give you. I, I, I did not, <clears throat> I, I cut some stuff out that I wanted to share with you, but here's what I would tell you. When you, when you begin to do this and you begin to, to read it, uh, I had a, one that was really a guide to how to read the Bible, how to study the Bible. I'm going to give you this. If you want to write these out real quick, just do this real quickly. But try to decide on a good readable translation. Go to your pastor. Ask him about a good readable and a reliable translation. Now, I'm old school, okay? I'm old school. I still read from a King James Version Bible. It is a reliable translation. There is other reliable, readable translations. I agree? Amen? Help me here just a little bit. Folks, I'm from the old school, man. They amen me to death other places. But it's readable and it's reliable. Make sure you get you one of those. Here's the other thing I'd tell you. You don't have to start reading at the beginning. I would tell you this much. If you're, if you're wanting a good thing about getting started, maybe go to the book of John. Maybe go to the book of Romans. But you don't have to start at the beginning. In fact, there's some Bible studies that start chronologically. If you're just diehard and want to chronologically read the Bible, get you a chronological reading plan. There's a lot of them out there. The other thing I would tell you is this. Commit to develop a reading plan that works for you. Your reading plan and my reading plan may be totally different. I use, I use some th certain things that helps me. But you commit and you develop a reading plan that's going to work for you. Okay, That's how we're going to get started. The other thing I would tell you is this. Read a small amount daily at first. But try to read daily. But start, if you're getting started... Do a small amount because here's what will happen. You'll get started really good, but you're going to peter out. You're not going to, you're not going to stick with it. You're going to start. It's going to become so cumbersome to you. And here's what I do. If I've got a reading plan that I go through, I have one that I go through every year. And, and what happens is this. I get behind. We're busy. And so if you get behind on that and a reading plan, don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. You can catch up. Don't beat yourself up. Catch up. And pick a plan to do that. Do that. Try to develop you a plan, but read a small amount daily at first. And here's what I would tell you. Write down what you've read about. Write it down. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not really good at the, the, um, the journals that they do, a lot of them. But that's what I would tell you to do. Okay? So, so getting started is a key. Get started. And then the last thing on that is this. Stick with it. Stick with it. It's a key to sticking with it. It's uh, is difficult sometimes because you and I will do this. We, we start a lot of things. I, my wife, I, we've been married uh, almost 37 years. And we've been together, uh, other than the time she dumped me, uh, 40, 44 years. Okay? 
Um, yes, I way out punted my coverage, I understand. But here's what she tells me. She says, man, you got to finish something every once in a while. i got so many projects at our house. Uh, our house is in better shape now than it's been a long time ago time because we had a water damage and so they had to completely redo a lot of stuff but I start things and don't finish them any of you guys do that just just you but you got guns man you're a good guy but I do that I have started so many projects I remember when I was in high school I was not good in shop class Joel was Joel built a grandfather clock one time I remember it to this day, and it was so intricate, and he did such a great job with it. I couldn't do those things. I built one box, and only because I had an F in shop, and he told me if I'd show up, he'd give me a D. So I started going to shop class, and I built a little box. It's not really, the corners aren't well. I still have it. Don will tell you, I still have it. But I wanted to finish something. I'm not wanting a sob story. I'm not trying to tell you to feel sorry for me, but I could not read well, and I'd never finished a book in my life. I could not read well. I still struggle with reading. That's why it takes me so long to prepare. But I set out in 1980, the year I graduated, I began to study the Bible, and I said, I am going to finish something I've started the first year, I went through a thing called Bible Pathways, and I went from the January 1st to December 31st, and I read a book from beginning to end for the very first time, and it was the Bible. I didn't understand it a lot. But here's what I would tell you. I want to encourage you. Get started, but stick with it. Get in God's Word. Do those things that I'm telling you there. I love the, the, what we talked about earlier, the Romans 12, too. It says... Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. you got to remember this. The Bible never meant to merely inform us, but it's there to transform us. It's to make that change in our lives. We need that. We need that desperately. I, uh, I want to tell you this, I, uh, and I'm done. I appreciate your church. I appreciate your pastor. I appreciate you letting me come out here and, and be a part of your Wednesday nights for a few weeks and, and uh, study. And I hope it's helped you in some way. Uh, we have, uh, uh, I, I love God's word. And I summed it up earlier this way. Love it, learn it, and then live it. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.